Psychic Radio is now CBS Radio's The Sky. Back to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. Call now. 248-545-SOUL. New SkyRadio.com. Believe. What does it actually mean to rise from the dead? What do Ben and I think of all the paranormal TV shows that currently choke the airways? And finally, a question listeners keep asking... Could parasites and aliens be the same thing? Hello there, and welcome to the 235th broadcast of Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. I'm Ben, and all those questions came from my from various listeners, so not my co-host and partner in the paranormal, <laughs> my dad. And we're going to try and answer those tonight. Well, first of all, very happy Easter to all our Christian friends, East and West. And when I say East and West, I don't mean New York and L.A. I mean, Christians, don't choke them. I mean, the Christians of the East, which is Greece and uh, India and the Middle very, East. And, that was very clever. Well, it was, you, know, you mentioned East and West. People sometimes think that's what we're talking about. East and West Coast? No. Yeah, no, well, Christians of the East, Christians of the West, the Orthodox and the, and the Roman Catholic, Orthodox on one side, the Eastern side, and Roman Catholics and Protestants on the other. And a lot of people don't realize there is a whole Eastern church that goes way back to the apostles, just like Rome does, and this and that. So, uh, they, they celebrate Easter usually on different dates, or Pascha as it's known in the East. But today, for the second year in a row, very unusually, it is celebrated on the same day. So, my point being, uh, happy Easter or happy Pascha to, to uh, all our Christian friends. Anyway. Okay, this is an open line show this evening. We do that every few weeks to dive into our ever-growing pile of emails and to catch up on some of the paranormal news of late and to update our cases, especially some new wrinkles from our haunted policeman case in Vermont. You're also welcome to call in at any point today, of course. Uh, call us at 248-545-7685. That's 545-SOUL. Or... If listening online at the CBS News Sky Radio website, instant message us with the handy-dandy little tool, which I believe is at the right of your screen. Okay. Uh, just a word about rising from the dead. Okay. There's a very inter- – and this is, I guess, a bit of a preview of our show tomorrow night, which is on a different network. I'm not supposed to talk about it. But uh, essentially what, what we're going to be saying is something like there's a very interesting passage from Matthew 27 that a bunch of people – rose from the dead, uh, according to the Gospel of Matthew, anyway, on uh, Easter, the first Easter. And that would be, of course, uh, Jesus Christ is commonly uh, uh, believed to have done that. But also, there were a number of people who, during the earthquake that accompanied the death on the cross, the Gospel says that there was an earthquake and a bunch of tombs were opened, and the bodies of, uh, in Greek, it's, it's the, the, uh, well, the word is agios, the holy ones came out, uh, or, or at least uh, rose from the dead when Christ did, which is very interesting. Um, another little bit of, tri- we're going to be talking about that sort of thing over the next couple of shows. Now, the strange thing, too, is that um, I always wondered when I was in the seminary, and of course I got in a lot of trouble here and there about certain things that I would ask, not that they didn't want people to think, some of the faculty did, others didn't. But three days in the tomb, the gospel is very specific about Jesus being in the tomb for three days. Well, I I often wondered, you know, uh, just before sunset on Friday, which was the beginning of the Sabbath, they took him down from the cross and uh, buried him before the Sabbath. So just before uh, sunset on Friday to dawn on Sunday morning is not three days. It's like a day and a half. 
So I always thought Christ was probably crucified on a Wednesday, and whatever the real story is, I probably never know. And one of the things we're going to be doing is talking about St. Paul and how I really don't like him very much, even though I'm named after him. And he uh, somehow always had um, he had conquered the church. There were about 15 or 20 different flavors of Christianity before he came along, and he never, didn't even hear the gospel from Jesus personally, like the others did, came in and just took over everything. Anyway, that's that's a gripe I have. But again, it's not Jesus' fault, and I, I love him, certainly my oldest uh, personal friend, and I just thought I would say that uh, on Easter here, and just uh, to say that the idea of rising from the dead was thought of in many different ways. Some uh, early Christians thought it was just a spiritual rising. Others had seen it with their own eyes in that mysterious 40 days between the resurrection and the ascension in the Gospels, and others uh, were not Jews at all, and were Gentiles, as the, and, and they converted, but felt they had to be Jews first. It's really, really complicated. But um, anyway, I just wanted to uh, give a bit of a nod to Easter today and, and talk a bit about that. So rising from the dead meant something that was really different things to different people, but i got to hand, hand Paul one thing. He and all the gospel writers stressed it was Christ's body that rose from the dead. And you know what that connects with? It connects right with our multiverse thinking, because I'm always harping on how physical the paranormal world really is. And uh, Paul, in a way, probably the only thing we ever would have agreed on is that this is, he going on and on and on, he actually rose from the dead physically. Thomas puts his hand in the side of, of Christ in the gospel to really prove that he was, he was there in the body and it wasn't a ghost. So, in a way, kind of links up with our multiverse thinking. So anyway, let's move on to our emails. And uh, let's start with a bang here. Yeah, this, something entirely different. Yeah, it's not for yeah, Muddy Python. Yeah, not Okay, different. this is from Marie in Omaha, Nebraska. Okay, so Marie writes to us, I've heard more and more speculation lately about parallel worlds being responsible for ghosts. When I heard you on Coast to Coast and then listened to some of your own shows... I finally found out where a lot of these ideas must be coming from. You two. <laughs> well, that's nice. So, I'm an old-fashioned psychic medium, and I'm proud of it. Well, yeah, we're in trouble now. And uh, I'm not well-known and haven't written many books, or haven't written any books, sorry. But I believe I help many people and many spirits. I know spirit is a dirty word with you, and, <laughs> and I think you are misleading many people. You are also cutting off cutting off help for many spirits by getting people to tell them that they aren't really dead. All right. Now, I put up with this for 30 years. And, you know, I respect other people's opinions. Ben and I always respect each other, you know, other people's opinions. And we are the first ones to admit they were wrong. But, boy, I'll tell you, with the results we get and, and, and the uh, things I've seen over the last 40 years, especially 30 years since I had the sort of the multiverse perspective, you know, I just don't think Marie gets it here. Sure, it can look as though things work when you take the spiritualist approach. That these are all spirits and there's no uh, physical parallel worlds involved. And you take the old-time uh, safe way that these, these people haven't crossed over or this unfinished business or all the blah, there, blah, there's blah. There's so many unanswered questions about it. It doesn't explain anything. No, it, does, it really doesn't go anywhere. It's just like, oh, well, you die, you go over to this place, oh, there you go, you're happy. Oh, these guys got left behind, ah, oh, it's my job to bring them over. I, well, you know, when you look at it in a way, yeah, we, we communicate, but we don't, we don't believe we're communicating with spirits, we're communicating with actual people who are in many, many different worlds. Well, the thing is, what is a spirit, as I asked the guy we had on last Monday's show, like, mm. what, what is your definition of a spirit? 
Like, what is it? Nobody gives, can give you a straight answer. No, and our usual thing is, I suppose, in a way, like St. Paul, a spirit without a body is not a person. A body without a spirit is not a person. And, and, and this is just, it's the, the, the whole, if you want to, again, talk about Easter again, the, the Paul's point, and the point where I agree with him, is that the whole thing is about the salvation of the whole person. You can ask, well, what's salvation? That's a whole different story. But the whole person is what is considered here. And you cannot be a whole person if you don't have a body. So but therefore... If but if we're misleading people, then how come they're having such success and so many awesome results? And why are people generally becoming more happy if they're following our advice? No, it's not. You know, I don't like to give ourselves credit, but I think we're... It's uh, not really us. It's just the idea. Well, it is the idea, and and you know things really start to fall into place when you start looking at it in a different way. And I like to think that we, you know, will say that. And yeah, I guess you're right, Marie. We are, I guess, responsible for a lot of these ideas spreading, especially coast to coast, uh, which is a very well listened to show. And and uh, what can I say? I just Get you know old fashioned psychic media. Well, sure, go ahead and be an old fashioned psychic. An old fashioned psychic. Whatever media. floats your boat. But, I mean, how do you know what you're talking to is what you're talking to? How do you know you're really helping anybody? Uh, one, one of our methods, of course, too, is to always question what these things are. And sure enough, uh, people write in and say, well, we've applied your methods, and this thing turned into something entirely different when I said they didn't believe. It's like someone coming up to you on the street and telling you you're going to die the next day. Would you believe them? No. Would you die the next day? <laughs> you know, it's, that's, that's the thing. Always have to test these things and make sure that it's – but anyway, no, but we respect your opinion, Marie – uh, thank you for writing, and uh, I don't think I, I've always we've been accused, Ben, not so much you, but me in past years of being. I remember one told me we were mean to the spirits, mean you know, the spirits? You know, by questioning them and and and, and uh, not trying to bring them over or over over to what I don't, you know. So this is an old criticism that we've received, but again, you know, we respect. Thank you for writing, and uh, just just keep listening. I think you might you might find uh, something. You might learn something. I don't know. Anyway, I would like to also suggest that we are monitoring our email here, and you can write to paul at com if you have a last-minute question. And uh, whether we'll get to it, I don't know, but we'll we'll try to. Okay, here's one uh, from, it just says, Meeks in Helsinki, Finland. Helsinki? Yeah. Yeah. Not bad, not bad. Hi, Paul and Ben. I'm not 100% sure, but I think this one this was on your show. I seem to remember that you talked about a couple of cases where members of a family had died and they slash someone had another version of that person pulled into our world from a parallel universe. I think you also said that these people would never really adjust to this world and one of them ended up committing suicide. Now that's creepy, but oddly, that's a creepy but oddly interesting subject. Did you do a full show on this in the past? If so, uh, what show number would that be? If not, any chance that you might be doing one in the future? Have you come across any new reports of this sort? Thanks, and good job on the show. Oh, okay. Well, we'll have to say, to me, uh, we have not done an entire show on this. We have mentioned it a number of times. Yeah. And just to give a little background, uh, you know, asking the uh, forbearance of those who've heard the story before, in 1979, I traveled a lot. I was in Australia in the line of duty, and I happened to carry on a long conversation with a uh, an Australian Aborigine uh, elder named Mind Louie, and we were on the porch of this old store outside Melbourne, and I was I was awaiting transport, 
And we had a long conversation, and he essentially told me, among many other things, about that the, the, the multiverse ideas I was starting to uh, believe were responsible for explaining the paranormal were correct from his point of view, and we went into that. But one of the things he went into was a case that he said was really strange when he was a boy, and he knew a shaman who had taken, literally taken uh, some a lot of convincing and a lot of money to do it, but he went into another world, which is what shamans do, parallel world from our point of view, and he literally grabbed a young boy who had died in our world and bodily hauled him back across the boundary into our world so that the family had him back. Now, really weird because the kid would, you know, walk to school past his own grave. You know, really amazing. And uh, Middle Louis was very clear on this. It was not reincarnation. It was not uh, resurrection. It was uh, simply pulling him back from a world where he hadn't died. It's all him. And then also in the same year, I was in Quebec and uh, dealt with a Cree elder who told me a very similar story. So two opposite ends of the planet and similar stories here. But, I, you know, I, again, I have not seen anything like that myself. I heard it secondhand uh, from these, these fellows whom I had no reason to doubt were, were telling the truth. And that's what this is about. Uh, we are going to wrap for a break right now. I'll be right back with some more emails and some more comments on death. Here on Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno on CBS News Sky Radio, NewSkyRadio.com. Stay with us. Join Kimmy Rose on interviews Thursday nights from 9 to 11 p.m. Together as a community, we will embrace the challenges in life and find a way to experience heaven on earth. Spiritual teachers and Kimmy will bring you insight on how to change your life and embrace purpose. Interviews this Thursday night starting at 9 it's all about what's within you. Enlighten, empower, enrich. This is CBS Radio's The New Sky. New horizons, no boundaries. All day long, we're devoted to your emotional, physical, and spiritual well-being. With your direct connect to the stars, Lisa J. Smith, The Dr. Pat Show, Liz Souza, Barbara Mackey, Glynis McCants, The Wake Up Call, with L. Newman and Tom Force. Let us know how we're doing. 248-545-7685. Log on. NewSkyRadio.com. 24 hours a day. Your spiritual well-being is our concern. Awaken the extraordinary. Live the life you've imagined. Look up to the sky. CBS Radio's The New Sky. NewSkyRadio.com. New horizons, no boundaries. Psychic Radio is now CBS Radio's The Sky. Back to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. Call now. 248-545-SOUL. NewSkyRadio.com. And hello again, and Ben and I this evening are uh, sort of on our own. We're, uh, we haven't got a guest, but we're answering some emails here, and we're taking a look at one from Helsinki, Finland, from a listener there who had asked about some uh, cases we had talked about of, of people being pulled across the boundaries of parallel worlds where they had not died back into this world where they had. And, okay, and uh, what, what the result of that was. Now, I just wanted to correct one or two things here. There were, the the uh, shamans involved found out that this was not a good idea, although there was no suicide involved. Uh, neither of the people who were uh, – they, they referred to them as returners, 
Neither of the returners committed suicide. One, however, uh, suffered a mental breakdown, and another one uh, did seem to run away. I suppose maybe they, in the end he did commit suicide. I don't know. I hope not. But this apparently was because they just didn't fit here. And the shamans, uh, especially Bindalui in Australia, told me that, th- that these there's a reason why things happen the way they do. There is a certain unity across the worlds uh, among ourselves and in our own bodies and, and spirits, whatever you want to call it, and there's an order to it. So just because something happens here, uh, that's not the whole story. So that seems to be it. But we have not done an entire show on this. I have, have I encountered any other cases of this? Well, I have heard more stories, you know, third-hand things. I myself have never encountered a returner that I know of. Um, I think that we getting into the idea of that rising from the dead again, I suppose it is possible. And this is something I heard very recently uh, in a matter of the, the Shroud of Turin, of course, which is commonly thought to be the winding sheet in which Jesus Christ was wrapped when he was placed in the tomb. And of course, there was a, 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 an imprint made on this by some some sort of radiation, it is believed. And I don't know a lot about this, but uh, radiation, and uh, it's, it's rather unique in the annals of ancient burial shrouds, as far as we know. And one can imagine uh, leaking up that sort of phenomenon with some of the descriptions that I heard from these shaman about what the actual physical phenomenon of someone being brought across. There's a, there is light, there is plasma, there is electromagnetic energy involved in crossing a world boundary that is not in your line of sight, so to speak. Um, how do I explain that? Well, we're going along and our consciousness kind of carries us through parallel worlds all the time. But when we break from the track, when we break from the main highway, so to speak, when we go off on an exit, either, well, through one power or another, uh, I think that there, there is a disruption in our usual flow, and we do sometimes have uh, some energy released when that occurs. That I have seen, and that I believe I have photographs of. So anyway, the point being, uh, we have not done a whole show on this, and there is all sorts of speculation that I could indulge in about this, and I just... Um, at this point, don't know whether we will have enough uh, material to do an entire show on that. I certainly invite anyone who has encountered or believes they have encountered a returner to let us know. We certainly would be interested in hearing that. But apparently, it is not a common phenomenon. And uh, again, I emphasize that these bo- both these shamans said that these are not. This was not a good idea for these these other shamans to have done. It didn't really work out at all. Okay, uh, Ben has stepped away from his mic for a few minutes, but we have another uh, email here. It's a question regarding parasites, and it's from Jody in San Diego, California. And Jody writes, Paul has mentioned the time he sat down with Bud Hopkins and looked at photos of alien abduction victims that looked just like poltergeist victims. Could some or all aliens be parasites? And of course, this is a very common, almost every week someone asks this. And let me first of all tell you who Bud Hopkins is, if you don't know. Bud is a uh, an artist, actually, in New York City, who has made uh, spent many, many, many years studying the phenomenon of alien abductions. He believes they are real. He has conducted, um, well, I suppose, a hypnotism uh, sessions with... Uh, people who believe they have been abducted by aliens, and uh, that's who he is. And he and I were speaking uh, on the same 
docket, so to speak, at a conference in West Virginia in 2003, and we had a chance to sit down. And it was funny because he he showed me a big album of wounds and bruises and other things that were on the bodies of people who had claimed to have been abducted. And the first thing I said to him, him was, "Boy, you know, I this, these are exactly the same as I see on the." bodies of poltergeist victims from time to time there are um, i'm thinking one, one particular case and ben you're familiar with this this is a, a case of with some people we've, we've now become very good friends with they're not far from here, our home in rhode island and the uh, now deceased husband of the uh, the lady in the house had such bruises on his body when we i started working on the case in oh, 1998 yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah and uh, these things do happen okay there could be some other cause but i was uh, that that's what uh, jody is referring to is that particular incident when i recognize some similarities uh could some or all aliens be parasites well i i think certainly some are we have as i've said many times terms that we apply to what we experience it could also it, be different species and all that and but there's different species of aliens and blah, blah, blah. I mean, who's saying that these things aren't aliens? Well, yeah. that's true. What do you mean by an alien? Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah. like, uh, what's his name there? Not Werner von Braun, but one of the scientists he worked with that supposedly developed anti-gravity devices for um, the Nazis said, oh, yeah, aliens helped us build this stuff. Yeah, well, I mean, aliens, do they have to be from another planet or could they be from a parallel world? Are they aliens? Are we ourselves aliens? If we, if we are from a parallel world, the... the, the, the young kid brought back in Australia by the shaman across the parallel world boundary. Suppose it was an alien, you know, in the sense that he wasn't from this world. Well, I wouldn't go quite that far, but that that's the question. We do run into parasites who appear to be aliens and aliens who sometimes appear to be parasites. Parasites being uh, not people from other planets, but non-human creatures who seem to feed upon human misery. You know, that's as, the best way I can put it. We run into them all the time. If I hadn't seen them with my own eyes, I wouldn't believe it. We had a case last week someone wrote in about, and they were saying, well, you know, I applied your methods, Paul and Ben, and uh, it was a ghost case, and when I said, I just didn't get the feeling that it was legitimate, and I, I made that known to this entity, and it immediately turned us into something else, and the people in the house started seeing greys, uh, which is, of course, the most common form of alien critter that people report seeing. So I think uh, certainly a long answer to a short question here. I think, yeah, I think that uh, many may very well be uh, aliens and parasites, you know, interchangeably, so to speak, because the thing about either of them is you can't trust them. And that, that seems to be a common, a common uh, trait of both, and we certainly encourage people to question and to be very cautious. So that's what we do. All right, here's another one. This is from Maria in New York. New York, New York City. I think everyone's starting to learn not to put their last name. Yeah, I know, and I'm a bad habit of blurting out everybody's name. All right, anyway, uh, if you would be so kind. Okay, so uh, Maria writes to us, uh, Hey, Paul, I've read uh, part of your website, and I really like what I read. I'm wondering, since you've worked so much with mediums and psychics and studied this stuff so much, is there one or two mediums or psychics that you would say have impressed you? i.e. not fake and good, question mark? All right. Well, that's a loaded <laughs> loaded question. <sighs> we always warn people to be very careful with all of this stuff, of course, but also with mediums and psychics because, you know, you just, if, if they don't know quite what they're doing, and what, what, what do I mean by not knowing what they're doing? They might have, have, have real gifts, very genuine gifts. Spiritual immaturity. Yeah, a spiritual perhaps immaturity. 
they certainly may have the ability to see across the boundaries into other worlds, and that's what I think they're actually doing. They may have great psychic abilities, so to speak. But what I'm concerned about is that, that might not, they might not know that's what they're doing. There are one or two who have a sense of the multiverse, that, that they're not necessarily talking to dead people, that they're, they're, they see the big picture, so to speak, and a lot of them, I think, don't. Uh, I have to say, if there was one, I don't know what you'd say, Ben, but if there was one I was going to work with, I would have to say Susan Shepard? Sure. I don't know. I've never... I never really sat down and had a conversation with her. Besides, no, this. We, we know her very well. She's, she's on the show a lot. She's even co-hosted. With I don't us. know her very well. You I may, do trust her because she knows what we're talking about. You may know her very well. I I don't because yeah. when I first met her, I was like what eight, eight nine. Yeah, I guess so. something yeah. like that. Yeah, and that's like, true. I've known her all my life. No, like I've I never actually sat down and had a chat yeah. with her. So, so no, but you know, I just I just I just can't give you really that many names. I mean, Susan, I trust. Because I know she sees the sees the big picture, um, but I, I really uh, I have worked with others. I just I've sat and listened to s- several, in particular, through several of their programs. I was just not too impressed. They said the same things in the same ways. They used the same cliches. Uh, there's, there's one whom I like very much personally. A very sweet person. Very very kind heart. But she very often says uh, things like. Well, so and so was in heaven, you know, cooking up a storm. And I remember sitting at the table. This was a lady said, "You have to cook in heaven." I said, "Well, I sure hope the angels do the dishes." So I mean, this, it all gets kind of kind of simplistic and naive, in my opinion, uh, very often. And I just, I, I really can't give you any name. If there was anybody, I'd say it's Susan. But um, I, I don't, I don't know. Uh, and Ben has really never worked with psychics on that well, level. Well, I, I have worked. Well, that one time. Oh, that, one then case. again, yeah. What was your you you went on that one case by I yourself was un- recently? I was unimpressed. Okay, I was yeah. very very unimpressed. They all okay. We were like, oh, it's this guy and he tortured children and. I well, mean, give us a little background. Tell us. Uh, you, you may have mentioned I've, that. I've this like seven million times, but. Yeah. Well, uh, we were called up to go help these. I don't even remember how many people there were on a case. I want to say like there were like good eleven, ten, ten or eleven people. And they were like, "Oh, you guys want to come with us? We're going to go to this place, yeah, ghost hunting and, group." You know, they, and so my dad was like, "I'm busy, Ben. You go." And I was like, oh, "I thought okay. you got to get some of your own legs there." Yeah, and I was like, oh, "All right." So I did, and they were just like, "They were just like, oh yeah, there's a lot of lot of bad stuff happening here." And they weren't really entirely specific. The only person that was close to getting it right was a spiritualist priestess. I forgot what her name was, hmm. but she was leader of a spiritualist church that was like down the street. She was the only one that was close to getting it right. Really? Yes. Surprisingly, she was the only one that was close yeah. enough to getting it right because she was like, "Oh, I saw the, I had these visions of the of this girl with no face, and I asked her to show me the face, and she wouldn't do it." I was just like, "Oh God, I know exactly what this means." And like, as soon as I walked in there, I was like, two parasites. That's all this is. I will get this done before these people even like realize what's going on." And so then, like, immediately after that woman said that, I was like, all right, here's what we're going to do. So everyone's standing in the back. They're all like, okay, this is what I found. This is what I found. I walked in, and I was just like, okay, this is what we're going to do. You guys are going to stand outside. And then I pointed at the priestess lady. I was like, okay, you're going you're gonna to hold me down, and someone else is going to do something to keep me down. And I was just like, just give me some sage and a bowl, burn that, and I will get this done. And they were just like, uh, all right, sure. So then... 
wouldn't you know it, half an hour later, I walk out of there stammering and like tears, dried tears on my face, and I was like, okay, it's done. Well, and, you, you have the shamanic abilities. Yeah, I don't, even remember, what what happened. Happened. I don't even remember what happened for most of it. Well, the, the thing, because I went to the first meeting, before. I think it was before you, you went in there. I went what? there. No, you went to the second meeting. Well, the second meeting. Oh, really? Yes. Okay, all right. But, uh, you know, again, it, it was a, it was a sort of a personal favor to a friend, and we usually don't get involved with ghost hunting groups because usually we don't take them too seriously. And there, there are many good ones out there who try, but, you know, they're compiling in with too many people, they're goofing around, and, you know, they, they, there's silly equipment they don't understand. But uh, something you really went in and straightened them out. Good for you. Then, like, one woman was like, wait, I know who you are. And I was like, oh, really? And she was like, yeah, you're, like, one of the greatest psychics ever. And I was just, or something like that. She's like, you're really powerful. And I was just like, uh, thanks. No, we don't think in those terms. You and just then, get the job done. And then I left. Exactly. Well, no, they were impressed to heck with you. One minute, to say by that. the way. Okay. All right. Very good. Um, okay. I'll, just uh, in, in our final minute before the break here, I wanted to repeat uh, a request from our uh, reporter and good friend David Marsh in Portage, Indiana, uh, show reporter. He wanted to uh, respond again uh, on this alien ghost business. He would like uh, anybody to... We already read this, but keep going. Well, no, I just wanted to repeat it again in case anybody didn't hear. Oh, yeah, right. You said repeat. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, he would like any reports of just what we reported just now, and anyone who was encountered an alien that appeared to be a ghost or a ghost who appeared to be aliens, this sort of confusion, or any kind of case where uh, one seems to be the other or whatever. Uh, he'd, like, uh, he'd like to know, and so, and so would we. And I'll give you his, uh, David at BehindTheParanormal.com. As I say, he is a reporter for our show, so he has a show address, David at BehindTheParanormal.com. And also, if you copy Ben or me on that, and or me, Paul at BehindTheParanormal.com, or Ben at BehindTheParanormal.com. Uh, anybody who is, uh, encounters parasites using the fears of aliens, this kind of thing. So we'll be right back on Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno on CBS News Sky Radio, NewSkyRadio.com. Stay with us. Enlighten, empower, enrich. This is CBS Radio's The New Sky. New horizons, no boundaries. Another turning point, a fork stuck in the road. Time grabs you by the rest, directs you where to go. So make the best of this test and don't ask why. It's not a question, but a lesson learned in time. It's something unpredictable, but in the end is right. I hope you had the time of your life. So take the photographs and still friends in your mind Hanging on a shelf in good health and good time Tattoos and memories and dead skin on trial For what it's worth, it was worth all the while It's something unpredictable, but in the end is right I hope you had the time of your life
something unpredictable, but in the end that's right. I hope you had the time of your life. It's something unpredictable, but in the end is right. I hope you had the time of your life. Something unpredictable, but in the end that's right. I hope you had the time of your life. Psychic Radio is now CBS Radio's The Sky. Back to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. Call now 248 545 Soul. New SkyRadio.com. Believe. Well, welcome back, and we have, as I understand it, our Northeast reporter, show reporter Donna uh, from Connecticut, who's on hold. Uh, Donna, are you with us? Oh, pretty fair. Happy Easter to you, and uh, nice to hear your voice again. Oh, thank you. you. We were very interested in hearing uh, an update, certainly on on your your, your case is sort of the, 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 the almost the granddaddy of all our cases we've been there are the ones we've worked on longer, but uh, there's always something interesting to report, and it's uh, it was also the scene of our pilot for our TV show that we we recently made. And so what's uh, what's happening? And we're very interested in hearing the the experience of your of your grandson in the car uh, as you reported it. But what, what's uh, what's happening? By the way, I'm sorry for the loss of Judy. Um, oh well, yes, we had um, we've had a few experiences here. I try to keep you updated by email, um, but since I last emailed you. Um, one night last week, my husband had gone to bed, and as you know, he's quiet and subdued, and he doesn't <laughs> he doesn't really get involved um, as much as he can be dragged into it. But he uh, had gotten up and he crawled down the stairs, and he told me that um, he he was desperate. He wanted me to come upstairs right away, and he had been sleeping. And I went up and uh, I waited a minute or two because I didn't know what it was. But I went upstairs, and he said to me, "There's something in the middle of my bre- my bed, and it's breathing." And it was this wheezing, gurgling, breathing sound. And, of course, now we only have our one dog, and he was downstairs. And I went upstairs, and I, he, he actually had gotten out of bed and was standing at the top of the staircase. He wouldn't go near the bed, my husband. So I went over, and I, I stood quietly, and I listened to him. And it sounded just like someone having a very difficult time breathing. And it was kind of a gurgling sound and a wheezing sound, and you could hear these breaths coming. And I, he stood there. He wouldn't go near the bed, so I, I had gone over, and I uh, listened to, you know, everything around there, the radio was off, and there was nothing. It was dead quiet in the room, but you could hear this breathing coming right from between the pillows on the bed. And we listened for maybe 30 seconds or so, and then it just abruptly stopped. Um, and it was a while before he would go back, <laughs> before he would go back to bed. Well, knowing Bob, that it had to be pretty spectacular. Did you hear it, too? I did hear it, yes. It was very definite. It was very a very definite breathing, almost like a breathless sound, like someone was trying to catch their breath. And then it would sound like it was almost gurgling in a throat, and then it would like it was like wheezing, like if someone had severe asthma or something. Yeah. 
And um, it, it bothered him enough where he got up after that, and it took him a while to go back to bed. And uh, we, we just kind of laid there for a while listening after after the whole thing settled down. And we didn't hear anything else the rest of the night, but, I mean, there was absolutely nothing in that room. He has the um, the CPAP machine that was off. He hadn't used it that night, and I put my ear right down onto it, and that was off everything it was just i opened the window it was dead quiet outside you know we we check everything around here when something like that happens but it was very definitely coming right from the middle of his bed by where the pillows were kind of you know like someone was laying there and they were having a difficult time breathing well they probably were i should mention to everyone if you're not familiar with donna's case she lives in a multiverse central it, it is a a grand central station of as many as eight or ten different worlds, at least that I've counted. And th- these things happen. They seem to have no rhyme or reason. Well, the first time we went there in 05 when we started to investigate the case at Donna's invitation, we sat there at the table. You could feel people walking behind you, and there seemed to be six generations or so of this family all living a more or less in peaceful coexistence <laughs> in the house. And then there's all this other stuff that's going on. Can you? Uh, w- one of the more interesting people in your family is your young uh, grandson who... Uh, we uh, really hit it off with when we were staying. We, we stayed overnight at the house and we were doing the filming. And he's um, a real sweetheart. And could you tell us what exactly the conversation was with his mother? Oh, uh, yes. In the car? It, it, it made my hair stand on end because when she was approximately the same age, she's 39 now, and it stuck with me all these years, the exact time and place when she had had the same conversation with me. And it was even on the same road, and um, she was traveling just in the other direction on the same road, but in the exact same spot. Um, he told her, I'm trying to think back exactly what his conversation was, but he had told her that his friend Ashwar, who you know um, we had discussed, um, that she had, been, she had been in a car accident and um, that she, was, um, she died immediately, and she was hovering over the accident scene. Um, and he says then she suddenly went up into a tree, and he he just told this whole story about this little girl who was in an accident, and you know that he's been discussing this, and he he talks about when he was when he was a girl and when he was older, um, and it was basically the same thing that my daughter that my daughter had said to me in the car in the same spot. She had told me years earlier, of course, that she when she was older she was a boy. And she had been hit from behind, and she went up to see the man. And the man told her, um, no, little boy, you can't stay here. Um, you have to go back. And she said, so I came back, and then I was your baby. Yeah, so I remember this, that. This, yeah. Yeah. yeah, this was the conversation, and I never forget the day that it happened to me because she was, of course, back then they didn't have the car seats or anything, and she was kind of sitting between the seats telling me this. And I can still feel my hair <laughs> go up on the yeah. back of my neck when I think about it, you know. It was just and you said it was the same place on on the same road. Exactly. Exactly. How and, do you explain that? Huh? Uh, what's your theory on? That? I mean, you know our theories on that. What's yours? I know you agree with us mostly, but right, right. Well, my my thoughts at the time that she had told me that that she had told me that I I had thought reincarnation um, that she had died and she had come back and she was reborn as as our child. Um, of course, that was 39 years ago. You know, I mean, there's a lot of things that have gone on since then that, you know, have, have caused me to think the situ- rethink the situation. But that was that was basically what he was telling her. He was explaining about Ashwire. I mean, he told he told the story 
you know, what happened to her and everything, and he's talked, too, about when he was a, he was a girl and he was older. Yeah. So, I, I mean, you know, he didn't go as far as to say I was, you know, and then I was your baby, but, I mean, he basically, it was basically, the gist of it was almost exactly the same as a conversation I had had with her, except he was talking, he was referencing um, Ashwar. So, um, you know, that's that's just the... It's just very odd, and, and when she told me that, she came home because I told her the story over the years, and she came home and she says, you are not going to believe this. And I said, well, where did this happen? And she told me the road it happened, and I said, where on the road? And she she told me, and I, I, I can't believe this, it was the exact same spot. Exactly. Yeah, this spot. is what this is what we find is so interesting, and that's in, in the early days what made me start to question the, uh, the the classic interpretation of this, you might say, aha, well, you know, it is reincarnation. I guess well, reincarnation, it's six and one half dozen of the other with parallel. We, we think it's parallel lives, not successive lives. It right. Really miles to the same thing, I suppose. But the whole idea of, of uh, uh, different people having the same experience in the same spot, related though they may be. Right. Puts a, puts a deeper perspective, I think, on some of this. Right, I think it's right. Interesting. So, well, we're coming up on a break, but uh, we have um, anything else going on? That, uh... Oh, yes, there's a lot. <laughs> I can still oh, with you, a lot? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> there is a lot still going on, yes. Okay, very good. Well, Donna, thanks, because we're, we're, we are in frequent touch, and uh, we will be. Uh, we are planning to come over to take another look very soon. We haven't been there since November. Okay. And we're uh, going to be doing so very shortly, I uh, hope. And uh, as the weather gets better, we won't be snowed in, and we'll be able to do it. So right. uh, our best to everyone in the family. Lots of love, and we'll be in touch, and we'll be seeing you real soon. Yes. Okay, great. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you for calling, Donna. All right, okay, bye-bye. Bye. Very good. Okay, we're uh, coming down to another break here, and we understand that we have our good friend and reporter from the Southwest, Kyle Dayton, on hold, and we will talk to her just after the break. And in the meantime, uh, we do encourage you to uh, check our website, uh, BehindTheParanormal.com. If you'd like to be a reporter, uh, we have a lot of uh, possibilities in that direction. So we'll be right back. Stay with us. When I get to Warwick Avenue of the tube we can talk things over a little time promise me you won't stay by the line when I get to Warwick Avenue please drop the past and be true don't think we're okay just because I I'm leaving you for the last time, baby You think you're loving, but you don't love me I've been confused out of my mind, lady You think you're loving, but I want to be free Baby, you've heard me Once more, I showed you the answers. 
CBS Radio's The Sky. Back to Behind the Paranormal. With Paul and Ben Eno. Call now. 248-545-SOUL. New SkyRadio.com. Believe. And welcome back. And we have uh, patiently waiting on hold our Southwest reporter, Kyle Dayton. So, Kyle, you're with us. Uh, is Kyle with us, Mr. Producer? I am. Can you hear me? Oh, yes, I got you. Oh, so how are you I doing, think... kid? What's happening out I, in the I'm, desert? I'm good. How are you in snow country? Oh, pretty fair. It actually hit 70 today. We were all impressed. We're all lying outside oh. with our suntan lotion. Yeah, so. You're having a heat wave. <laughs> we are. We are. We're supposed to go back to normal tomorrow, though. Lots of rain. Oh, so um, what's oh, happening? Well, you know, I was listening to Donna's story. That's not why I called in, but her story is absolutely fascinating. And I just had just a couple of thoughts on that. You know I don't know a lot about the theory of Rupert Sheldrake and his his morphogenetic field to be yeah. able to discuss it, but it has to do with something about being able to, to every human mind can be able to tune into um, the memories of other people and other entities. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think that goes far enough, but it's a start. Oh yeah, well, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. I, I I couldn't probably discuss that in depth with you, but I think it's maybe connected in some way to to possibly Donna's and. Uh, some, or at least some of Donna's story, and also too, there was one of my Facebook friends that the conversation was about re, uh, reincarnation, and I don't know if this has anything to do with reincarnation or not. But he wrote in and said that his little girl had informed him that that there was another place she she was very sick and she was cured with like apples and potatoes as medicine. And at that time, she came over on a ship and left the place where she was sick at and was dying at, and at the time she was the father of her dad. Uh, yeah, I, I run dad into, I've run into that lots of times, uh, especially the the invisible friend phenomenon. Mm-hmm. I find that, that that's extremely fascinating. I, I ran into one in Florida, I've talked about this on a show before, who, who claimed that he, and I had no reason to disbelieve it because it didn't feel like it was lying to me, that, that he, was, uh, a, he was born 100 years in the future from this. This is in the 1990s. I think it was 1990. What was it? Eight, seven, or eight, and I was astounded. And he said that he was living in uh, in Florida. Only Florida was part of an empire that he didn't name, and it was just a very you know very different world. Although not all that different. But he was friends with this kid, and he you know he was very aware of other realities around. Come over to play, just like you go over to somebody else's house. It was incredible. I've run into that time and again. No, not time, and he gets not that common, but I mean, I've run into, you know, people of this kind, uh, you know, from other places and times. It's just, you know, some of them are just the most normal thing in the world. So there may be some connection there with, with the phenomenon that, that, that we're describing. 
I think so too. You know, I mean, that's fascinating. It'd be interesting to to maybe uh, pursue that further and go into. I don't know if he's he's into like hypnosis and stuff. I've never been big on that, but sometimes they either way, regression, yeah. yeah. But um, you well, have to really trust the person who's doing it. Yes, I was. You know, old coot that I am. You know, having done this for so many decades, I I just I go in and I I I kind of. I don't know. I, I like to think that I know more or less what to look for, and I like to, I, I like to just have the experience at this point, you know. So I don't know. Maybe that's, I should be more systematic, like I used to be, or whatever. But I, I don't know. That, that's how I pretty much approach it. So you got anything going on uh, down your neck of the woods? Um, well, there was a. I, I was going to talk about a, a, an encounter with someone who had died that I had had um, when I was uh, looking for their lost gold. But um, yes, there's a, a sighting that one of the local. Uh, uh, um, Local uh, principals of one of the schools here in the Casa Grande area, he and another witness had seen a, a flying disc, a silver disc, about two weeks ago. And I'm trying to get a hold of him to to uh, bring the interview in and uh, get the information for Behind the Paranormal. But the school was closed on Friday. They had what was known as in lieu day, like in lieu of, I don't know why they didn't call it Good Friday, but they were closed on Friday. So I have to be able say to that. Yeah. Yes, get a chance to talk to him and then bring the information to you. But uh, he's a very credible witness. You know, the principal of the local school, and there was someone else with him. And, and um, I happened to talk to one of the people who worked at the school, and they relayed this information to me. But, you know, you were talking about how, like, people like Spirit World and this and that, and how people, uh, basically, they're they're not really like how what a lot of people think of spirits as. You know, I, I tend to agree with you, because I think that the otherworldly things, in a lot of ways, they're 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 in a different kind of material form than what we're, we have, but they're just as real. That's and the way we look at it, yeah. Yes, and if it didn't have some kind of material form to it, we couldn't have any interaction on this plane. You know, yeah. Why are they wearing I, clothes yeah. or talking or where's where's the where's where's the voice box? You know, to talk. You know, yes, things yes, like that. Absolutely. You know, yeah. back in the eighties when I lived in Southern California and I was working for the local NBC affiliate there, um, I got a hold of an old magazine from a local Coachella Valley magazine publication published in the eighties, and it was about the um, so-called the gold, the lost gold of Fig Tree John. It was a man named Juan, I think, it was Juan Rizan, who had died in the fifties. Anyway, before he had died, six months before that, there was a how the story goes. There was a a woman and her daughter that had owned a small hotel, I think, in St. Louis. And before he died, he drew, and it showed, you know, a map of um, basically where he found his gold. And so after he died, they looked for the gold and this and that. And on this map, it's a lot of like numbered codes and pathways. And then they also mentioned certain plants, like they he mentioned what was called. Um, uh, Sabine pine. So anyway, at that time I was studying herbalism and, and, and horticulture and had a couple of my old herbals out and I, and I realized, you know, I mean, I was from that area. I was born in 29 Palms and moved back there in the 80s and I spent a lot of time hiking and driving around and, and oh, Juan was known as Fig Tree John because he planted fig trees where he lived in the Salton Sea area. So, you know, I got a hold of this map and then I got a hold of one of my herbals and I thought, you know what? I know where these particular plants are, and I know where this vegetation is in the Salton Sea, so I'm going to maybe just go for fun and what the heck, and maybe if I find the gold or whatever, I can let the family know, and maybe I can get a finder's seat, whatever, just for something to do. So anyway, that night when I went to bed, and I he wasn't thinking about the gold or anything like that, I went to bed, put my head on the pillow, and all of a sudden his figure manifested in the corner of the room and came down straight towards me with his hands like in claw position, and it freaked me out because I could recognize him from the picture. 
there was a black and white picture of him, and but I saw him in color wearing like a like a a khaki yellow khaki looked like his jacket was made of an old you know flower sack material, and he came down and I mean it freaked me out and I screamed. I never expected that something or someone would be picking up on whatever thoughts I was sending out or whatever I was planning on doing, but it scared me so bad I could not sleep in my bedroom for like weeks after uh, that, and I had to sleep in the living room with the television on and the audio off. So I, kind know, of, I, We're kind of out of time, but, uh, okay. but well, thanks for calling done, in. But I just wanted and, to share that. And please uh, so. contact Kyle, Kyle at BehindTheParanormal.com, uh, she's a show reporter, you. and uh, did, what, what's your website, quickly? Oh, I don't have a website now, but um, okay. it's just Kyle at BehindTheParanormal.com. Just, okay, and check it out. So, thanks an awful, Thank <laughs> thanks an awful lot, Kyle. It's great to, t- to talk to you. You too, guys. Take care. Talk to you soon. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. Okay, folks. Well, we're coming down to the end of our hour here. Very uh, interesting hour, certainly, that it was. Take it away, Ben. Okay, so many thanks to our producer, Will Kosnick, and we'll see you right here next Sunday, May 1st, when we'll welcome Andy Colvin, otherwise known as Mothman's Photographer. That'll be a good one. And a lot of Mothman experiences himself that he's had, not just taking pictures of him. I think it's like Spider-Man's. Yeah, I know. Like, Spider-Man's official photographer. In the meantime, check out our Monday Drive Time show at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 Pacific on WOON, 1240 a.m., southeastern New England, and ONWorldwide.com. Also, you can hear rebroadcasts of Behind the Paranormal on Saturdays at 7 Eastern, 4 Pacific, right here on CBS New Sky Radio and NewSkyRadio.com. All right. Oh, wait a minute. What we have? I guess uh, poor Kyle, I cut her off too soon. Anyway, I think that's very interesting about the uh, the guy with the claw. It's almost like he knew what he was doing. And uh, although, I, you know, I, I trust Kyle implicitly, but, you know, when people are lying in bed and they have these experiences, uh, you know. Well, you're like half asleep. and Yeah, I mean, it happens to me all the time. Well, I'm also half asleep all the time, so I'm just like. Well, yeah, yeah. Well, the, the other morning I was, uh, I, I woke up and, and I, we have a cat who's quite an interesting character. And he has very unique. He's very vocal. Yeah. And he sort of he sounds like kind of like a rusty gate hinge. When he, when, when he yeah when when he wants it. And, and that's what I heard and it woke me up. And I think you know Jonathan let him in you know and, and he wasn't wasn't anywhere to be found. So the, well he also made it into the back room and he was there for two days. He didn't even know it. Well that's true. He tends I don't know. Well, well I, we've mentioned the the strange cats around here before that they tend to uh, uh, come and go as they please. I once. Actually, was was working out on our in our sunroom. I heard a thump, and the door had been locked. All the windows were shut, and it was the cat from the, from our neighbor's house uh, who thinks he lives here too. He has the best of both worlds, as he himself said, according to the animal communicator. And uh, there's no way he could have gotten in if he could come through the solid wall. Okay, there there was one time I was asleep in the basement, and the window was open, and I was like half asleep. It was the first day of school. And then I look up and I hear like, hello, and I look over and there was Rusty in the window. I thought he was talking to me and I was just like, <gasps> but anyway, um, so we leave you with a thought from old Socrates. The only true wisdom is in knowing that you know nothing. As we always say, that's the true measure of intelligence. So anyway, thanks for joining us on our great cosmic journey. We'll see you next time with Andy Colvin. We'll talk about Mothman.